Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is pod.com We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them We talking about life and life to stream right to you From the microphone right to your home, dude Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo Cause there it is Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thank you so much for joining us, especially you first-time listeners. We have a fun episode for you today. It's with actor and performer at the Magnet Theater and sketch director, writer. He does a ton of things. John Ross... He is a staple at the Magnet community. He was one of the first people I saw when I got there and just thought he was great. He was super fun and we have a really fun chat. Why don't we just get right to it? Here's my chat with John Ross. You are from Huntsville, Alabama. I know that. And I know that you've been here for many years. I mean, I know you've been performing for six or so years. Did Did you move here six years ago? I moved here six years ago. I guess technically seven, like the end of 2013. So like it straddles the line. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. And when you moved here, um, I know you have studied at both UCB and the magnet, but before moving here, were you doing anything in comedy? Were you, were you performing at all? I did no performing and no comedy before moving to New York. I'd always been like interested in it and like, Wanted to dabble in. I, I always thought I would be good at stand-up, and that was, like, the first thing I tried when I got here, and then I'm not good at stand-up. <laughs> um, but then, like, I once I found improv, I was like, oh, that's my lane. That's my groove. That's where I live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of wish I had started earlier. I just never did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I had that same experience. I didn't start until... Years after, like having fallen in love <laughs> with uh, with comedy, um, what kept you from pursuing it in Alabama? Uh, I guess I never. I, I was I was a very nerdy, like tra- traditionally nerdy child. Uh, like <laughs> you're an engineer. Like, yeah, you have a degree in engineering. Computer engineering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was it's it's. Uh, yeah, math and, like, science has kind of always been my – really, math has been my jam. Science mm-hmm. is, like, interesting, but I don't, like, love it. Chemistry I kind of hate, and physics was terrible. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, like, problem solving and math, love all that. Mm-hmm. I I guess uh, in pursuing, like, grades and stuff, I, would, I didn't really do too much. I did, like, a few talent shows and, like – I didn't do any school acting. Like I'm rewatching a lot of Degrassi now and like seeing all these kids like cross, cross uh, lanes. I'm like, Oh, the nerdy kid is also acting. I was like, I guess I could have done that. I never really (laughs) thought about it. Um, so yeah, I sort of stayed in my lane for the most part. What brought you to New York? Um, it's actually a very fun ish story. (laughs) I was uh, basically right after I graduated uh, GW in 2013, I was, um, or in the process of graduating, I guess, I was on uh, the, I was in consideration for a job out in Mountain View, California. Mm -hmm. uh, And I got to interview process and 
Um, for people that don't know, Mountain View, California is like Google, Facebook, Apple, like that's the that is the valley mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is effectively what it is. It's like actually really nice. It's right outside of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, had a great time there. But in I was in the process of interviewing as or in the process of graduating and interviewing out there. I'd flown out there, thought it went really well. Uh, they did not choose me, which totally fine, whatever. Uh, and in not choosing me, one of my friends from one of my really good friends from school, uh, who was also a computer engineer uh, and computer science, I think he was computer science. I don't remember uh, exactly. Um, but he moved. He lived in New York, and uh, I visited him over the summer. Like this was after I'd been rejected for the job in California. And stayed for a week. I actually saw Aisha Tyler mm-hmm. uh, because she was on tour for her book. Uh, I forget the exact name of it, but it's something about embarrassing moments. But mm-hmm. um, she was touring. She was doing a stand-up tour for her book, and I went and saw her. And I, there's actually a photo of me with her uh, and the opening act. I forget exactly who it was, but I loved it. Had a really good time, uh, and then came back home after that week, and I was like, man. Uh, I think I could do New York City. I really like DC and New York's like a bigger, dirtier, faster, more awake DC. And so I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll give it a shot. And then I moved up here at the end of that summer. Okay, cool. So yeah. even at that point, it wasn't, well, uh, I guess I'll go to New York and do some comedy yeah. stuff. I mean, <laughs> no, I was, I, I did not move to New York for comedy. I moved to New York to like, I moved to New York with like comedy in mind, but I was yeah. doing computer engineering stuff. Like, so I was doing mostly web development. Uh, I did a few freelance web development jobs and then I landed a really nice gig, uh, at a really, uh, great company. And then I worked there for two years. Uh, and in that time, that's what kind of like Right after I was able to finance my comedy pursuit, I was able to pursue the comedy. Yeah. Well, I've noticed a lot of like engineers and architects pursuing improv, especially. Uh, have you noticed that? Uh, there are a lot of us out there. And there's another small group that's really interesting and fun. But there's a, 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 like quite a few like funny, very funny lawyers. Yeah. Like yeah. that do improv. And I'm like, uh, uh, like... It's interesting because when you start doing this, it's kind of like, oh, these are the people I only see in the scope of this class uh, until you start hanging out with them. And then you hang out with them. and It's like, oh, yeah, uh, so-and-so is an electrical engineer. And it's like, oh, (laughs) hey, I thought I was the engineer (laughs) improviser person. But then it's like, oh, yeah, I guess there would be more. These people have to have jobs, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. uh Yeah. Yeah, I wonder why you see it more out of those couple of professions than you do. Like, there are doctors, but not as many, you know? Yeah, I I feel like it's sort of the, it's like, I feel like for a doctor, there's like always like the like, oh, like I could end up being, you know, especially if you're working at a hospital, yeah. not a private practice, it's going to be like, call. oh, yeah, I'm on call. Like, <laughs> I would love to do this 730 show, but I just had a like 13 hour shift. So, excuse me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, but so you said you started with stand up. Didn't feel like you were good at that. What do you think went wrong with that? I'm impatient for stand up. What I mean, kind of the beauty about improv is like you put it out there. You 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 don't have to put too much. Like there is work that goes into it. Like as far as like learning forms and learning like rules and learning how to deal with people, but 
there's not like a practice to it the way there is with like sketch uh or specifically here stand up whereas it's like you're writing first of all with stand up you're going up alone so anything mm-hmm. that works is great because it works because of you mm-hmm. but anything that fails and most of it is going to fail at some point or another even the stuff that works is going to fail right. uh that just always feels sucky and it's not like a it's also like the audience is not like on your side with stand up the way they are with improv. The audience is right. like, oh, I you need to make me laugh. Whereas like with improv, it's like, okay, the part of the joy of discovering it all together is like, oh, we like since we're discovering it together, we it's a little bit more forgiving. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if a joke doesn't land in stand up, it's kind of like you failed at your job. Yeah, I. uh you know, with stand-up, you can throw out an idea, and it can't get improved until you workshop it after it's already bombed on stage. You know, like like improv and stand-up, you're putting different kinds of work into it beforehand. But with stand-up, you're saying, like, okay, maybe this joke will work. And then you go to perform, and it doesn't. With improv, you're putting all this work in beforehand and then when you go on stage, if you throw an idea out there and it doesn't work, someone else can make it work right then and there. Yeah. And it can sort of save the performance. And at the end of the night, you had a fun time because it went well, even though at first that idea didn't work. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so it's just a more fun time to perform um, I, I I guess especially, particularly when you're like working stand up jokes versus doing an improv show. Yeah, I would say if I could jump to the part where I have like an hour special of stand up material and perform my good hour <laughs> everywhere, then yeah, I would absolutely want to do that. But it is like, I mean, like even when you look at the careers of some stand ups, there's like very rare cases. Like you have your very rare Pete Davidsons mm-hmm. uh, who are like just sort of like childhood stand not childhood but like stand up young stand up prodigies i think dave Chappelle probably falls into that category yeah, from does. early was, in his uh, career he was like maybe 14 when he started yeah i, I mean i know he, i think he was like 19 when he started getting like movie deals and specials right uh so he was like really you know moving and, which is like and eddie was 17 or 18 when he got on snl yep he was like, I think he was the youngest, and he was like, he had he was like already doing movies and stuff too, which is great. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think he had done one big movie, and then he got on SNL. No, SNL is what made him big, because no one knew who he was. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, when he start, he had to fight to get an audition for us. Hold on. Seriously. He had to fight to get an audition, and it was nineteen. It was the. It was nineteen eighty, and I think it was eighty eighty one season, and it was the first season. Lauren was gone, and um, Robert Townsend was originally going to be on that cast, and Eddie kept calling the casting director for the show, saying like, "Please let me audition. Please let me audition." So he'd been doing stand up. But he he wasn't big yet. And the gotcha. producer was like, I already got a black guy. So they had their quota, you know? Yeah. And so the producer didn't want to see him. But the casting director saw him, said, this kid's amazing, and convinced the, the producer to see him, the EP, uh, that one season. <laughs> 
And she did and said, like, yeah, he's phenomenal. He has to be on the show. And so no one knew who he was. And then then he got, like, 48 hours and uh, uh, trading uh, trade places. places. I keep wanting to say trading spaces is like totally different thing. <laughs> Very trading different. places though. Um, um, yeah. I for some reason thought I thought trading places came before his SNL thing, but I guess it was that he was on SNL. He mm-hmm. started doing movies, and then he still stayed. He like still mm-hmm. did SNL, right? For he was for on like there a for while, four years. Yeah, and um, yeah, even hosted because of Forty Eight Hours, I think. Um. But yeah, I mean, he blew up on that show. He was such a big deal while he was on that show, and then he left after four yeah. seasons. I mean, so. after four seasons and what? What would that have been eighty four? So four seasons and yeah. three movies, four movies, yeah. Some like oh, that, if you, there's the Golden Child. Yeah, if you include Beverly Hills Cop, which yeah. may have been after he left, but I don't recall when the first one came out. But it Beverly was like Hills mid eighties. Beverly Hills, I'm seeing 84, and then The Golden Child was 86. Okay, so that was definitely when he was gone. But he was some, there was some other movie he did that was Best Defense? Yeah, that yeah. one didn't do well. And he made that fun was a, of it. <laughs> oh, in his uh, monologue? Yeah, he said something like, yeah, people ask me why I did it. And I, I was like, yeah, you know, at first I said no. And they're like, oh, you're going to pay me how much? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I guess I do it. Yeah, I mean, but we were. The point was like these guys were young phenoms when they got yeah. out there, and that's and pretty that's, rare. That's uh, very rare. Like if you look Bo at Burnham, also is was a, yeah. a high schooler when he started. He was. He was definitely like. I think I. Feel, I look at Bo Burnham. And I think he's younger than me. I think he. Mm-hmm. He might be thirty something, but I think he's like. I feel like he's like twenty eight, twenty nine, like right there. Like that. Yeah. I guess if he's 29, he's technically older than me, but fine. I think he's like, I think he's like maybe 30, but mm-hmm. uh, the young, like that his career started like when he was like in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is rare versus like, you look at people like, not that she wasn't big, but she, not, not that she wasn't, uh, not that she didn't have a career before SNL, but like Leslie Jones mm-hmm. was like a very big stand up person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, has been doing this much longer than I think most of the people we just named, maybe not Eddie Murphy. Yeah. I mean, it's wild. I mean, uh, she had been around a while and knew Chris Rock. Yeah. She, I mean, she was, she, that's like, it's like insane that that's like, uh, like, it's like, Oh wow. Like it took us this long to figure out. Like she was like, Good, like SNL. She was very fun on SNL. I was actually very mm-hmm. sad to hear uh, she would not be returning. Yeah, I was too because uh, she always delivered on there. She was always yep. so fun. She did feel like she was a bit, um, you know, she felt like, and and I I get why she would say this, but she felt like a bit restricted on the show. And when you're a stand-up on a sketch show, where you're thing that you're really good at is stand-up where that's your lane it is hard to like find an avenue where you're doing something similar to stand-up on there Uh, other than we can update yeah (laughs) but even that's slightly different yeah Um, you know like i think it's sort of like in a way david spade didn't find his voice until he was doing hollywood minute hmm that's fair 
Because he was in big sketches, but he wasn't the lead in those sketches except yeah. for Bye. But he, they only did that like two times. <laughs> yeah, he was one usually of those times didn't do well. He was usually like going to be partnered with with like the weird person, or he was going to be like the voice of reason and mm-hmm. next to. I mean, to be fair, he was like being put next to Farley, so like mm-hmm. you know, that makes it a little harder. And I I even feel like. His, he and Farley were at their best in their movies. <laughs> like in Tommy Boy, that's their best combo because he's being more himself and Farley's being the Farley we love, we got to see on SNL. Yeah. But we're seeing more of the Hollywood Minute, uh, David Spade, and it was working really well. But they didn't get that kind of dynamic on SNL, which is interesting. Even yeah. Though, even though they were in a bunch of sketches together. Stuff together, yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting how like that how a sketch show can work that way, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, it is it is always like I, I feel like whenever like whenever I see like the ex the, the expected people go up like, oh, so and so's got a new movie coming out mm-hmm. or so and so's got a new like uh, a new album coming out. Like Adele hosting you know, I kind of went in a little cautious. Like, I love Adele. Yeah. I think she's, like, a big sweetheart. But, like, I went into that episode a little cautious. Yeah. But then she, like, delivered, she did, yeah. like, over and over again. I was like, mm-hmm. even the even the coming to Africa sketch. Yeah. <laughs> at the are, very that, that one was controversial. But what was your take on that? I I get it because, like, I, I did clock the dudes in the background. Right, right. <laughs> consistently. I was, like, I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, eh. But part of the joke is that they are yeah. these like ter- like the joke is on them. But mm-hmm. it wasn't even it was just so much fun to watch Adele just trying oh, trying yeah, yeah. her heart her hardest to keep it together, and Kate McKinnon just like really not taking like holding any punches, like <laughs> oh, going as hard as she can to Kate make a break. McKinnon. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about what you were doing. In New York, once you uh, started studying a bunch of, of comedy, you said that improv was your lane, but you have uh, grown into doing a bunch of other things like sketch, web series. When did that become a part? When did uh, doing sketch and, and web series become a part of what you were doing here? Yeah, so the more I started improv in 2014, um, I did about two years of just doing improv and then a year and a half, two years before I even tried to like do anything sketch related. Mm-hmm. And the more you do improv, the more like you are around sketch people mm-hmm. and sketch people are like, hey, you might be good or I want to use you in this sketch or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you somehow do a sketch and you really like it or you really hate it. And so you keep trying to figure out how to do more sketch, uh, which is that's how it happened to me. Uh, um, yeah, it was uh, basically after I'd done four levels of improv at Magnet. So I did four levels at Magnet and then I started doing UCB and sketch at Magnet. OK. Um, and yeah, I really liked uh, I signed up to do the sketch program. I did level one with Armando and then level two with Chet. Um, and after, like, shortly after starting Sketch, I, like, had a group of friends who were, uh, 
we like got together and decided to make a web series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we wrote that in the fall and then shot it the following summer. I think we shot that the summer of 2017 or 2016, something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then from there, I actually started, basically at, Sketch was kind of like what got me to branch out and other things. So I've been doing like uh, editing and directing, production. Uh, I directed a few sketch teams. Mm-hmm. Um, directed a few solo not solo shows but like one-off shows um directed some video sketch stuff and yeah yeah you're doing a ton of stuff you're great at all of it what is your primary approach when you're writing sketch like how like are you very game focused or are you character based or are you do you like what or is do you do them all and you just have a certain favorite maybe <laughs> i so the stuff that I've written that I like, I'm not the best writer at sketch, uh, and in general, just because I, my hardest part is a second draft. I think if I do a second draft, I can do a third draft for sure. Mm-hmm. But like, I do a first draft, get those notes, write those notes down, and then I like never touch it again. <laughs> um, as for how I like to write, uh, the sketches that I did, I end up loving that I've written are, they do tend to be, the stuff I actually love that I've written is more character focused. I've done a mm-hmm. few character shows. Um, uh, I took Sarah Smallwood Parsons' character workshop, which was great. Mm-hmm. And then um, I've recorded a few characters. Uh, and yeah, I, I, like a character-based comedy thing i think because game is fun but it basically is like it's pretty formulaic and predictable and not predictable but it can be predictable even when it's done like really well it can sometimes be predictable um Mm -hmm. character stuff interests me more because like you can still have game Mm -hmm. but you can also have like oh yeah and this character also like just will rant can randomly do anything because it's a full-fledged person you're building <laughs> um it's still gonna have like inherent game but like they can have like much weirder quirks uh and i think i like watching people do funny things or have funny reactions as opposed to like talk about a funny thing mm-hmm. uh whereas like that's I, I i there are sketches that where that happens and i love it but like if you throw me a character with like, or throw me a sketch with like a really good character, that's usually gonna win, you know, yeah. nine out of ten times for me. Okay, you say that you're not good at writing. You've had such such success as a director. I mean, you've you've directed teams that were great, a lot of great shows. So, are you saying that you're kind of like a basketball coach who played? basketball but they're better at coaching or something (laughs) i i feel like it's easier for me to enhance an idea like Mm -hmm. that's that's why i think after i i think if i can get to a set if i can get through a second draft Mm -hmm. i can like really like start working on a sketch because the first thing like the first thing you have to realize in sketch is like it is similar to improv but like it's slower so like in improv you put something out you know, you know, on stage or even in a practice, you put something out in practice, it works great, it doesn't work, fine, you get to move on to the next thing. For sketch, you're putting in like 
some time and some work to like write a thing. And even though you're going to get help to develop it, it's like kind of sucky to know that pretty much every first draft you write is like the garbage. It's just getting garbage onto the paper and then sifting through the garbage to find the gems. Yeah. Like, uh, I feel like a lot of people kind of watch SNL and don't even really appreciate how impressive it is yeah. that they're like turning these shows around in a week. It's insane. Um, and they, the fact that they're doing six in a row, which yeah. they've never done in the 46 year history of the show, they've never done that. They always do three on and then two off. Yeah. Yeah. So like to, to, to like just the fact that they, they're turning around like, I don't know. I have to guess three or four drafts a week yeah. uh, for individual sketches. And that, mind you, that's the stuff we're seeing that made it, not even the like <laughs> the dress stuff so that, that, yeah. Yeah, that did make it. <laughs> yeah, um, there's so many that also were on at the table read. I mean, it's a huge yeah. stack at the table read. And then it's almost twice at the dress as yeah. what appears on the show. Yeah. That's Unreal. a, that's a fun New York fact of a, uh, if you ever, for some reason, get the chance to travel again uh, and can go to <laughs> SNL, uh, if you get to see it live, you should go to the dress rehearsal, not the real show. That's actually a really good point. I have I have not been able to see SNL record. I was able to see both Fallon and Seth Meyers rehearse their monologue. Oh, and nice. And then I watched the episodes later. It was just interesting to see what made it. But you kind of knew what was going to make it and both and I've talked about this on the podcast before but it was interesting their different approaches because um, they don't tell you to laugh uh, at stuff you don't think is funny but everyone just laughed at everything during Fallon and I just I was watching Fallon because I was curious as to how he was going to handle that and you just saw him kind of look off to the writers and just sort of like shake his head if he didn't like one because he couldn't rely on the audience where yeah. with um, with Seth, Seth. Myers, yeah. they kind of drilled it in us not to laugh if we didn't like it. So when he did his, if we didn't really – each got laughs, but some got big laughs and some got some like smatterings. And gotcha. so then they could say like, okay, we know what the killers are. Yeah. Um. And it is really, it's a, I don't know, it's a cool experience to have to see that kind of stuff. Um, well, you know, speaking of turnarounds with these shows, I haven't been on a sketch team, but I know the process and I know what the kind of turnaround is for you all. And it's also very impressive. And you're doing a show a month. And it's extremely, yeah. like live shows are, sketch shows are tough to pull off. They, they are. They are a different sort of beast um and that was kind of like the challenge of them from improv is kind of like a little bit what drew me to uh sketch which was like very rewarding to do mm -hmm. uh but yeah live sketch takes a lot and it's a it's like it's truly about the combination of people which is what makes it like so interesting and like challenging mm -hmm. uh because you can have you can probably, I would say, have like a 70-30, like we mix and match and like we get along versus we don't. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and still get like some pretty great shows. But you could also have a team that's like, and and that's a team with like average talent versus a team that's like great talent, but mm. they do not mesh as a team. And like <laughs> right. to see them do shows, it's kind of like, oh, you think all these names, these all these names on paper, I love, but like you see them on stage, and it's like, oh, dang, that didn't work out the way I wanted it to. Right. Or you'd be like, well, that person was good in the sketch, but... Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things, like, casting is such a big deal. And when people will complain about casting for SNL or something, I get where they're coming from. But it all has to do with what they have, what they need. It's it's very similar to putting players on a team, you know, like like a, a sports team. Where you're saying, yeah. like, well, yeah, this guy's a great running back, but we need a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't need a running back. We have a great running back. Exactly. And it's also kind of the thing of just like it's a subjective, like, yeah. it's it's it there's no if it, if it was objective, like a lot of people would be a lot that cast would be like a lot larger, but like people right. would get less screen time if it was right. objective. Right. Uh and, and it wouldn't because always go well. And it wouldn't always go well. It's like, it's like, oh, we're, you would make, you would objectively have made a show. It is not necessary (laughs) that it would have been like a good show. They may not mesh, but hey. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas like, yeah, I've, I've, I've like definitely experienced teams where it was like, it was, the talent was through the roof Mm -hmm. and then the meshing wasn't there. So it just didn't quite pull through. Yeah. Uh, or rather, I, I guess I haven't experienced that, but I've definitely seen teams where it's like I look at all the names on this list and I'm like, "Oh, these names are great," and then you go see the show and you're like, "Eee, what?" Yeah. Uh, and it's like I know each one of those people is individually funny, mm-hmm. so this is like, yeah, it's sometimes people don't work well together, and that's yeah. fine. Same with movies. Yes. Same with TV shows where it's like, yeah. on paper, this makes a lot of sense. It just doesn't work somehow. Didn't quite come together. <laughs> right. I want to talk before we go about the BK Hype House. And um, everyone who lives in this building and in your apartment already lived there before COVID, right? Yes. So we were all here COVID. We did. Yeah. Um, it's me, uh, Lene. Lene. Uh, Anna. Anna, Brian, guest, uh, for the listeners, Anna New, Anna New, Brian Gurian, mm-hmm. and then Alex right, is over guest. a lot, and then game. Justin. <laughs> so that's all. That was all four, four to five people in this apartment, five including me, and then Justin Labazo lives upstairs from uh-huh. us. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and Alex doesn't live far. and, and uh, <laughs> Alex is like right over in Crown Heights. Right. So. so you all have been able to not only quarantine together, which is like, must feel like college. <laughs> Pretty much, truly. <laughs> which is kind of, I'm so jealous. Um, but, you know, who, it's hard to be jealous of anyone during times of COVID. But you all also have been able creatively to tap into something and you've been making these fun videos together on TikTok and you call it the Brooklyn Hype House. <laughs> yes. Uh, BK Hype House kind of started on TikTok. Really, there's only one of us that's like really killing it on TikTok. Uh, and it's Lene. Everyone else is doing like we're doing good. We're doing OK. We're we're at TikTok and we made it to TikTok. Uh, Lene is like 
kind of like the the co- one, we're, we're, we're all holding on to her coattails hoping to take <laughs> off um but yeah bk hype house we started doing videos right at the beginning of covid mm-hmm. uh we definitely all individually got onto tiktok as a joke then we all started talking about it together <laughs> and then the next thing we knew we were making them together so that's how it went down uh and, how- and yeah how have you managed and and maybe it's because they're all of you together and maybe it would be different if you lived alone but how have you managed being able to come up with new stuff to do and not get tired of it i swear i recently like this week like Lene was like hey why haven't you put anything up and i was like oh i just haven't had any like Love any like I always get an idea here or there, and that's kind of like one thing I like about TikTok is like, oh, it's like you if you get this dumb idea, then do the dumb idea mm-hmm. and see what happens. Whereas like there's some stuff where it's like, oh, I would have to put in work to pull that off, and it's like mm-hmm. I just haven't had the like heart to put in that work. Uh, yeah. So yeah, sometimes the well runneth dry. Um, <laughs> but I guess that's the case if you're making comedy, whereas a lot of stuff on TikTok. It's really just a dog video or a video of somebody annoying their parents or their spouse. There's always like fun trends and stuff. And I'm always like, I like, like to do trend stuff, but I like to put like, I like to make it a unique, uniquely my thing. Like I've definitely done some videos and it's kind of annoying. Like you'll do a video where you do the same dance everyone else is doing and it gets like a bunch of views. And then you'll do a video using the song and like maybe like making it fun and interesting. And it's like a hundred views. That's like, what? <laughs> That's the, that is Why? the uh, thing about America. We, we want it simple and sweet. And <laughs> yeah. Why do we want the same thing over and over? It's people talk about Hollywood being out of ideas and they're rebooting everything, but I know. <laughs> like you all I mean, it's working. TikTok. Yeah, it's working wonders for the TikTok world. <laughs> right. That's why. That's why Hollywood keeps doing it. It keeps on giving. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a great dude, man. Uh, I, I always love talking to you and seeing you. I think you're so talented. Um, we've reached the end of the episode. Time to create something together. I, I have a couple of ideas. I don't know. Uh, maybe you have a better idea. But one would be, since we talked SNL so much in casting, is like if, if maybe an idea of like casting uh, with SNL uh, alumni, like what that might be, or how you come up with a TikTok to do. How I come up with a TikTok to do or SNL casting. Describe that one to me one more time. So that one is just like, you know, everyone says like, what would, if you could cast a SNL with a- Oh, a fantasy cast. Been, yeah, fantasy cast of SNL. Oh, okay, put okay. On there. Um, and then we could sort of demonstrate the difficulties of casting. Um, or we could uh, do what I was just mentioning, which is the TikTok game. Which one are you more excited about? I'm probably more excited about the SNL one, but that's just because I'm such an SNL Okay, nerd. that's what, no, no, no. I'm leaning towards the, I'm leaning towards SNL. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to know. I'm like, I'm going to not know a lot of people, I feel, but <laughs> I want to do it because it's an exercise. Yeah. Let's cap it at, 
let's just say 12, just for time's okay. sake. The biggest cast is like maybe this cast or, or one in the early 90s had like 16 people on it. But um, when I think about this, because this is a, an exercise people have done for a long time. And over the last 15 years, it's been harder to do it because so many new great people have come on the cast. Um so it's really hard to do like one cast that has all of the favorites. Yes. It's impossible to do a cast of 12 or even sure. 16 with all that of has them. all the favorites. Right. Yeah. At this point, but some gotta haves for me. First one comes to mind just because it's first season. Gilda Radner. All right. Um, I, I, I have not seen a lot of the older SNL. Like my first my first SNL starts at like Will Will Ferrell, Chris Kattan, okay. like that generation is like yeah. that's where I hopped on board. The show uh, is very different the first five seasons and it's harder to appreciate. That's that's I hear that and I believe it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, but the, that all that to say one is like still holds up but <laughs> <laughs> the what I guess what I um I guess all that to say Gilda Radner always comes up as like yeah. one of the like original greats. Yeah. Yeah, she's up there for me. And uh I think also Keenan is also yeah. like a gotta have for me. Keenan, uh I have loved uh like just watching, like you know, you it was it was great to see him on all that, and of course Keenan and Kel, and then like he kind of like went away for a little bit. I have no clue what he was doing, and he popped up on SNL, and I was like, oh my god, this is great. Yeah, it was like, uh, of course. Yeah, like it, it was a uh, it was a delightful surprise to have him join, and yeah. wonderful that he's been there so long. So long, yeah. Um, <laughs> I always just like he has like this so many different great classic deliveries uh, and and moves that he can do. He's such a utility person. He can be in any sketch. He can be uh, the, like, fifth lead or the lead in the sketch, and he's going to deliver exactly what's needed. He's such a crucial... That's one of the things that people need to realize are, like, people who can be the glue of yeah. a sketch or lead a sketch are... They... They have an infinite, an infinite amount of like points <laughs> for your fantasy league. <laughs> that yeah, can give you. Uh, do you got anyone? Uh, okay. I think my first has to be. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd feel bad if it wasn't my first. Tim Meadows. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love Tim Meadows. Uh, I think he's legendary, and I think he has the ability to, like, like hold a face or hold something for so long. Like, yeah. he can... He can he, if, if there's going to be a scene of, two dude, of, like, two people and one of them's not going to break, it's going to be him. He's not going to break. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah, yeah that's I probably don't know if there's a sketch that I've seen him break in. I've definitely yeah, I've definitely not seen him like I've only seen him break people like even in blooper reels. It's yeah. like, "Oh, he made <laughs> so and so break." Right. Yeah, he's not the one laughing. He like laughs second maybe, but it, it's a it's a domino effect. And then probably I'm going to start. So this is number four. It's Maya Rudolph. Oh, Maya is a 
a definite one. I was going to say her next, too. She's one of my all-time favorites. And I think one of the most underappreciated people to ever be on the show. Because before recently, it, it just seemed like it took a while of her doing stuff off of the show for people to love her. And the level that people love her at right now is the level I had for her when she was on the show. Yeah. And I don't understand why <clears throat> they didn't have it for her when she was on the show. <sighs> oh, yeah. man. Um, okay. Uh, who's next? Um, I... There's so many names that are coming to mind, and I'm like, I'm not sure. You're hearing uh, Brooklyn Hype House in the background. Uh, it, it's college. <laughs> it's college, and I'm... It so, is college over here. Uh, I, I, there's so many names to throw out. Uh, I got one. What What do you got? Okay, I'm definitely... <laughs> do you want to guess? Um, Will Ferrell? No. Okay. He he's 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 like ranking for me right now, right. but this one is actually going to be Cecily Strong. Oh, I love her. She's she's done some of the funniest things that I I mean on SNL and like off SNL as well. She's done like mm -hmm. very funny funny sketch stuff, and she also uh, I feel like I would put her in the ranks with Tim Meadows as far as like. You know what? No, she breaks pretty easily, but she can like make other people break <laughs> yeah. really easily too. Yeah, she does. She does break. Uh, she she can break. Uh, I would say probably easier than Tim Meadows, but she is also very good at breaking someone. I'm ranking people based on how well they make other cast members break. Oh, that's funny. Um, let's see. I have so like. I'm one of the people who really loves Kristen Wiig. Yeah. I also love Kate McKinnon. And, poor, um, poor Kate Nolos Dos. Yeah, and it'd be good to have both of them on there, but I also want to, like, kind of wait to say either of them. Um, I definitely would say Will Ferrell. All right. I'll get, I, I like that. All right, Eddie, now we're in the back six. Yeah. Eddie Murphy's also... Eddie Murphy. I think is a go-to. Okay, hold on. Now, this is why I have to ask this. Are you are you saying Eddie Murphy at like his peak on SNL or Eddie Murphy currently and put him back on SNL? I'm thinking peak, like at their peak as well while right. they're on the show. All right. But even him on because he was so good when he hosted, like I would take him now. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um and I, at this point, I am just like, okay, we, I think we, Will Ferrell is maybe a weird person. Um, and so and there's also a Will Forte weird, which is a little more weird. Ooh. Which you, I feel like you kind of need on a cast. <laughs> I think, okay, I think, here, I'll offer one more, one more sort of weird person that I like. Mm -hmm. What about um Jason Sudeikis? So I yeah. think he can flip weird and like not weird. He like rides the line enough to totally fill both agree. shoes. I totally agree. Um and so he he's kind of uh, a person on my list too because he was also a writer for so long that he's yeah. like, he's a clutch he's a clutch cast member. Yeah. Um you know what? 
I got another one. Wait, so Jason Sudeikis, not Will Forte? Or you want both? I'm, I'm, I'm going to say yes, Sudeikis, no Forte, as much as okay. it pains me. That's okay. But you Look, we need a Forte. <laughs> we're on nine, so we have 10, 9, 10, 11, 12. But mm. let me see. Tell me if this works for you. Bo and Yang. Oh, gosh, I love him. He's been do doing a lot him. of... He's been doing like a lot of good stuff. Uh, like, did you <laughs> bonjour high? I think he is a classic cast member, and uh, yeah, I saw. I love what he does. I love everything he does on there, and he is a classic. He he's up there for me. I think he's a, a go down in history the way Cecily is is gonna go down in history. Um, gosh, and I don't think there's gonna be room for Nassim. I th- I feel like. A Chris Parnell, a Mike Myers, are kind of necessary. Yeah. Chris Farley, we ha- we haven't said Farley yet, <laughs> so it's like it's so tight at this point of like, how do you do this cast? <laughs> We're- okay, we have three slots, and we still have Kristen Wig and uh, Tina, uh, Amy, Tina, Amy. We we still have Kristen Wig, Tina, Amy. Uh, who were we talking about earlier? Um, Cecily? No, not Cecily. We did we add Cecily? Wait, Cecily's on the list. Okay. Uh, Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. So we, we still have Murray, Mike Myers, Dana Carvey, uh, Andy uh, Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg. Now here's the th- here's the thing with Andy Samberg, you 80. also get the Lonely Island. Eighty Bryant. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, uh, we kind of need. We kind of need. Uh, we, we need Andy Samberg for Lonely Island, yeah. And and they don't count as cast members, the other They don't count as cast writers. members. They're writers, they're writers. And then we got to think we can update, and we don't have a weekend update. Ooh, we don't. And I... I'm I mean, kind of leaning towards a Seth Meyers for Really? I kind of do. I, okay. My favorite is Fallon Tina Fey. Just because it was, there was something really delightful about that time period. Yeah. But I think there was a, I think, and I, I, I would die on this hill, but I, most people won't agree with me. I would put him as the strongest at the skills of doing Weekend Update. Not necessarily okay. the best ever, because there's also that sort of X factor that makes someone the best ever. That yeah, he, that like Tina and Amy or Chevy Chase have, you know. But yeah, I think when it came to being the uh, voice of reason to the characters, he was the best ever at that. On Weekend Update. Yeah, yeah, he he did a good job of like whole, like because with Fallon, he was just gonna laugh the whole time. <laughs> And, and Seth, Tina both would just laugh at like whoever was on. <laughs> I feel like. I feel like that's one thing I do enjoy about Seth, Colin, and Chase that like when they're when they're with those interviews, they like they're a good mix of I would say Seth was probably the most like staying on point. Uh-huh. Uh, and Colin leans that way, whereas Che right. leans towards like having fun and breaking and messing with them. Yeah. Um Yeah, and and he breaks uh, Colin breaks when people mess with him. Yes. <laughs> Which is a fun thing to see on there. <laughs> like yeah. Mess with him. Uh, uh, yeah. 
I've grown to really like the two of them, but I liked. I was sad to see Cecily not be the weekend update anchor because I thought she was killing. I thought she killed it when they brought her in, her in with Seth. Wait, Cecily Strong was briefly. Oh. And then the next season they did Colin Che. And, oh, okay, and okay. their dynamic hadn't grown yet, and it was sort of like, why did they do this? Cecily was so great. Dang. Yeah. Dang. But All she's right. so good. She's like one of the best ever at Weekend Update. Her and Gilda Radner are the best at Weekend Update characters. But Bobby oh, Moynihan yeah. was killer, too. Yeah, Bobby Moynihan was Man, great. That's what I'm saying. At 12, you're leaving we have, people off the table. That is like We're going to have to heart. leave some people off the table. <laughs> we only have one more slot. Yeah, and so who do we have? We have Gilda Ratner, Kenan Thompson, Tim Meadows, Maya Rudolph, Cecily Strong, Will Farrell, Eddie Murphy at his peak, mm-hmm. Jason Sudeikis, Bowen Yang, Andy Samberg with Lonely Island, mm-hmm. Seth Myers, and one more slot. Um, we still have space for Kate or uh, Kristen. Mm-hmm. Kate, Kristen Wig, it would be insane not to have one of them on here. But there's also Tina, Amy, AD, Bill Murray, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Chris Parnell, Mike uh, Myers, Chris Farley. I got to say Chris Farley. Chris Farley? Yeah. I'm going to say my close alt was 80. Yeah. Yeah. I love little baby 80. <laughs> well, there it is. John, so great having you on the podcast. Thank you for having me, man. It was great to be here. It was so great having him and talking to him. I feel like we barely scratched the surface. If you want more John Ross, well, you're going to get it. This Thursday, we have a special bonus episode that's just me and him chatting comedy. It was a really great chat. And so I can't wait to share that with you. That, again, is this Thursday. Follow him on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at BlackJohnRoss. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at ThereItIsPod. Follow me on Twitter at JasonFarJokes and on Instagram at JasonFarPicks and on TikTok at JasonFarTalks. I have, like, no TikToks. (laughs) Subscribe to our free weekly comedy lifestyle newsletter. Links in bio. Next week's episode is our 200th. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 